0: The great Katie Smith is here. We have a lot to talk about: the past, the present, and the future. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. Welcome, For the win. You are locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi everyone and welcome to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm your host Howard Megdahl and it is officially September, although technically I will just say full disclosure we recorded this August 31st. We are great to be back with you doing this six days a week, which we do, and you guys keep showing up for us. Another month with over 100,000 listens. Really appreciate it. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Of course. Unfortunately fortunately for you, it's not just me. It's the entire team from The Next over at TheNextHoops.com, where we had another month of over 100 reported pieces about women's basketball. And I'll share it with you. Over a million people reading in August alone. So you guys are building it with us. Be part of the movement. $9 a month, $72 a year. TheNextHoops.com, making sure that we are here to cover 24-7. And, you know, I, I worked on a book project that just uh, wrapped up come in the coming spring of 2024. We're going to talk more about it. But I watched the Detroit Free Press fail the Detroit Shock. And so this is personal for me in a really significant way. Katie Smith, who's with us, a legend. I mean, I, I go by windshare. I know. I know. You always laugh when I say it. But 11th all time in the history of the league in windshares, somebody who's. Playing career, I think, is, if anything, under-celebrated. So we're going to talk about that, especially in Segment 2, some Detroit shock memories. But in Segment 1, we're going to get into the Minnesota Lynch, where Katie is uh, an assistant coach. And so, Katie, the place I want to start is just, um, I heard before the season from a lot of sources that you guys were going to be in the lottery. Um, I see that you're not in the lottery. Um, What went wrong? What happened? How did that happen? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um you know going into the year with you know sylvia retiring uh you know some spots unsure um you know going into the draft you know with a high pick and and just you know starting with the, a, a rookie and some young players we thought maybe it'd be a tough tough sled ahead um with some of the talent that's in the league uh so we were kind of bracing ourselves and, and trying to and continue to improve obviously we have fee and you know KMac and you have pieces, but really kind of start to, to grow and build uh, what we want it to be and, and by bringing in some talented pieces throughout, through the draft. And, um, but we didn't think it was going to be, you know, thought it was going to be a little bit rough, um, you know, sledding for the, for the year, but we started out rough, but you know what, We've, we have a great group who comes in every day and really tries to get better they try to execute what's asked of them uh, as game plans and, and defense offense. And we ended up just battling, uh, you know, after that start and finding our way in, in that middle of the pack with, with others that we're comparable with, you know what I mean? There's a lot of us who besides maybe the top three, um, you know, Washington with injuries, LA with injuries, most of the year, you know, do they think they're in that mix and probably would have pushed us down? Maybe, uh, you know what i mean things happen all of us have had you know bumps and bruises along the way so we just played you know we're not aiming for anything you know we just we wanted to make sure we put our best foot forward every night and every day continue
0: to improve. I mean, that's clearly happened right i, I again, you talked about the tough sledding at the start to start owen six and to be in a position to a control your playoff destiny and you you guys have this opportunity to potentially even, Post, if, if, if I'm correct, you can finish as high as four still. Uh, it, it really is a remarkable turnaround, not just on the court, but also being able to keep people bought in. And I, I just I wonder how, how you did that.
1: Yeah, you know, Reeve just sets up the tone, and it's not about, you know, it's, it's not about necessarily wins and losses, it's just like who do we want to be? You know what I mean? It's not, it's showing up, it's, it, you know, representing yourselves, representing this organization, uh, continue to be the best basketball player. You came in the best team, um, you know, KMAC, Fee, Tiff, you know, Bantam, BC, all those guys, you know, the leaders and vets and in this league, you know, they show up every day and are engaged. And, you know, there's been some stretches that, you know, if you would have, if you're a betting person, then you wouldn't have thought being Connecticut in New York when we were on the road, being Dallas twice, you know, a week ago. You know they're fighting for the lives and who they have and the size they have, and we go. So it shows like the the discipline, the um, attention to detail, the game plan. Like we go out and execute, and, and people perform. And it's not always pretty, and we're not blowing anybody out of the water, but we we find a way to win in, in gritty ways. And it's been fun uh, just to see them have that success. But it's really just about what who do we want to be, and, and what do we let's let's show up. Today, we've had some rough ones too, but we show up and we try to execute and perform and compete that night. And then uh, if it's good, it's great. You know, we get out of there with a win. If not, you know what? We learn from it. We move on We on to the next one. So just put ourselves in a position to have some fun. Those are the fun games right now. Uh, figuring out where you're going to be and then, you know, going into the playoffs with a clean slate and, and just see what happens.
0: It is striking, though, because it isn't just... A binary moment where you start 0 and 6 and then something clicks and you go from there. I mean, you manage, you talked about the wins over Connecticut and New York. Both of those came without fate. I mean, you know, to I, I think Cheryl made the joke at, at the post game uh, that's, oh, well, we figured out it was the missing piece was we need to play without a piece of collier. You know? <laughs> but, it, but it's right. amazing, right? You know, Fee, who to my mind, I, I don't think there's a reasonable argument that she's not. top 10 player in the league and you can make an argument to my mind that she's a top five player in the league and so to be able to overcome that you know you lose Lindsay Allen who has been you know the primary point guard for you guys for much of the season you figure out a way through all of this is Cheryl the constant you know what is what is the constant that allows this Mm -hmm. to happen I don't think it's like a series of coincidences that Cheryl Reeve teams make the playoffs
1: now, I think Reeve is definitely the constant. It's the, the constant communication. It's the constant uh, trying to figure out what's going to work. You know, L.A. goes down. Tiff has moved over to the one. Dorka comes in and, and plays impactful minutes. Diamonds just continues to kind of evolve and, and, and continue to learn, you know, how to perform at this level, you know, consistently. So it's just like the next man up and staying ready, but it's also like the mindset of every day going into it and just like, this is, we're, come, we're, we're coaching, we're, we're planning, we're planning to win. Like, it's not, we're not like, oh, we're not supposed to be in the playoffs. No, we're, we're here. This is who we are. Like, we're building habits and, and what we want to be. Um, but it's just the prep. I mean, it's, it's every day focusing on how we can get better. How can we, the team that we're playing the next day, like, what do we need to do? And, and trying to execute that. And as I said, our players are really locked in and truly try to do what's asked um, every day.
0: And then on the coaching staff side, it, you know, there's obviously so much talent there and I, I I'm not even just talking in terms of win shares between you and Rebecca Brunson. I, I just, you know, there's obviously so many basketball <laughs> minds there. What's the division of labor like, you know, what's, what's your, what's a day in the life of Katie <laughs> Smith, like, as you guys are doing this.
1: You know, kind of normal for everybody. You know, Reeve is the, mastermind above everything always really honed in on what we're doing. You know what I mean? Obviously head coaches are always thinking like, all right, offensively, how can we get better? You know? And then obviously individual scouts, how do we score against this team? Um, Defensively, we probably, again, she has an idea and and understands what they're doing. um, But it's also our, we're probably more locked into the opponents, you know, obviously our scouts, um, we all have our own scouts and again, we dive deep into what they're running, how to guard them, matchups, things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really we all bring our own expertise. We all toss things around. We, you know, chat it out, work it out, like something, don't like something. Uh, she's always up for ideas, uh, might poke some holes in them uh, to make sure you see if it works. If it doesn't, if you really think it might work. <laughs> so we'd like to see that conviction. But honestly, it's a lot of fun. There's some storytelling. There's a lot of social time inside of our meetings, all, on top of basketball. You I mean, probably takes us 15 minutes to get ourselves situated into the 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 bean potatoes of everything. Sure. <laughs> but honestly, it's just a it's a, a real easy dynamic um, with all of our personalities, and just knowing that we we kind of all bring our bring what we need to the table, but we also enjoy being around each other. So it, it's enjoyable work. Let's just say that.
0: No, no doubt, I'm sure. And to talk about that coaching tree and to talk about your role in it, and what that meant and what it's going to mean going forward and to get into in segment two. Uh, but first, I'll let you guys at home know about our sponsor today. And our sponsor is FanDuel. You can get ready for the NFL season with a couple of incredible offers which is America's number one sports book. New customers right now can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. You know, if you are out of market, as a lot of fans are, my in-laws, for instance, uh, our New York Giants fans. They go down to Florida. Sunday ticket is enormous for them. So join FanDuel by going to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So when we think about the coaching tree. Do you think of yourself as part of the Bill Ambeer coaching tree, part of the Cheryl Reeve coaching tree? Cheryl, obviously, is part of the Bill coaching tree. How, you know, take it right. through family history.
1: Well, a little bit of both, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, Bill. I, I knew Reeve because of Bill, because of our time at Detroit. Um, and I had my experiences and my relationship with Reeve there. Uh, Bill was the one who brought me to New York to finish up my career and asked me to move over to the coaching side uh, when I when he asked me to do that he said hey play a year come here with me and move over uh, so Bill definitely gave me my start and, and got me into this and um, but I was lucky enough to, to have obviously the respect I had for Cheryl um, during my time in Detroit obviously made it you know an, an easiest decision for me to come come here with her so I think I guess I technically have to give it to Bill and then but then currently what I've learned the things that I've I've done here um, is is also Reeve so I I give them both kudos Uh, I'm part of both of them Um, you know even during my playing days all of it matters so both of them have a piece of of me on this side
0: and I think to be fair, I think Bill would demand credit as well. So I think that plays <laughs>
1: maybe he he demanded for Reeve. He, He's probably right. the reason Reeve did everything she's done, and you know, it, <laughs> so
0: it's really true. And and again, you know, and that that's probably its, its own podcast about the the ways in which Bill has been instrumental in a lot of a lot of different figures in this lead on the playing and coaching side. But I do I I think it's important to isolate on something. And and if you'll give me the point of personal privilege to talk about it in this way, Mm -hmm. you you coached under Bill, you hadn't a head coaching opportunity in New York. It was a very challenging time in New York to be a head coach. It was a very challenging time for the franchise for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Now that you have had further opportunities with Cheryl, first of all, do you feel like you're in a different place? relative to coaching and, and more to the point, how important do you think it is? I'm not just talking about you, but in general, for us to make sure that the best basketball minds are getting multiple opportunities, because it does have to hit just right for a coaching opportunity to be the right. Yeah,
1: yeah I agree. Um, yeah. I think uh, continue. I think it's awesome. The players that are in the league uh, now coaching in different roles, um, even the GMs and, and obviously even on the NBA side, I just think all the experience of, of being on a bench, uh, doing the scouting, being in the gym, understanding just all the things that go into it of managing the team and running the team and all the pieces that you need. Um, so I just think that's the the emphasis around that is crucial and just continue to, to, to have that. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's it's those opportunities of of being interviewed and and being ready. And I think you know, for me, it's it's always about the the best fit now, uh, because you know, New York was a challenge in a lot of ways. Lots of things I had to grow and improve on, um, but it has to be a fit that has to to be the right place that you can you can thrive um, and have the support and the resources and and everything you need. So being here is. Being under Bill was awesome. I learned a ton. Being under Reeve has grown and expanded my knowledge of being a head coach and also a basically a CEO of your 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 team and your organization uh, in so many levels. So I do feel um, way more prepared. Um, mm-hmm. Again, every year you learn something. It doesn't matter if you're an assistant, a player, you know, a head coach. Like you're just constantly like soaking things up. And I've just had a blast here, kind of learning and expanding uh, your knowledge. And it's when the right time comes, the right time will come. Uh, it's but I'm where I'm at. I just want to continue to kind of do my part and do it really, really well. Um, and and it, when those opportunities come, I'll I'll be ready. And you know, when the right one comes,
0: we'll see. It is certainly my hope. And again, I I'm going to speak out of my end of things, which is to say that we had a long time in this league where women didn't get first coaching opportunities. And in fact, there was uh, a a train of thought for a long time that held that I, I believe kept Cheryl Reeve from getting an opportunity at a time where the idea was that men had to be the coaches to be successful. And that has obviously been put um, to bed mercifully. Uh, The idea now that, women need to get second opportunities as well in this league is long overdue i guess just to kind of leave the new york minnesota aspect of things target center or westchester county center which do you think is the better place to play ball
1: <laughs> yeah target center wins that one but uh we did what we could have, but now nah, Target Center. i'm telling you man this place is awesome but i've always you know playing here back in the day and now like this fan base is, is pretty special i mean they are loyal and they love basketball like they they even when opposing teams come in i mean we had who was it new york here the other night and gosh like, rocking sabrina jerseys and things which drives you crazy but you also love it like you know what i mean you just love that they're fans and they they drive and they come out so um they are awesome but they love the game
0: it is it is great to see it is the legit place to go see basketball happen, I, I agree right. with you. I, I'm, I'll second that about. I, uh, I, it was an easy commute, but I don't miss Westchester County Center, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be acting one, and three. We're gonna have some Detroit Shock memories before we go. So, Katie, when we think about. That Detroit Shock team, and and again, to me, in a lot of ways, the teams that moved, the teams you know that folded are one thing, but the teams that moved, we don't necessarily celebrate their history as much as I think we need to. As much as like there are, there's now a generation of fans that came of age that don't understand just how special it was to play for that Detroit Shock team, to win titles, and to be in those. Sold out arenas that not coincidentally had Carly Knox doing the work to help get <laughs> that arena sold out. So again, it all comes full circle. Right. But just well, when, when you think back to that time, like what are the things that pop the most right. for you about those years?
1: Uh, you know, it- Similar intertwined between many and like Detroit, you know, because I could get traded from many to Detroit, and I was just you know blindsided. I thought I was be with the Lynx forever, you know what I mean? I was just that's this type, and then you get traded that first year, and you're like, what? Like, how do you fit in? You know, they're the bad girls. You know what I mean? They had a team already, and I get there, I finish up the year with them, but it was still trying to figure it all out, right? We made the playoffs, but didn't win. But then that off season. You know, Bill conversations he's having with you and he's like, and I'm I'm a lead guard, but they got a bunch of scores and Deanna Tweedy and Tweedy, and, and Swins there. And they they just got a, got a squad. And you know, so I'm like, where am I where do I fit? So he's he's having conversations saying, All right, you're gonna you'll be you're still you're a lead guard. You're not a point guard, you're a lead guard. We won't we'll just change the name, you know, whatever works. And he's like, he just had a vision and he kind of his vision was like a lot like his pistons team. you know with the the offenses the defense like it was that's kind of who we were we ran the same sets um and that offseason just came in with an open mind and just ready to do whatever and I just it was just a magical fit with the players with the staff you know Ricky Bill and and Reeve Reeve was the one just probably doing probably 99 percent of the work behind the scenes Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and uh, she was my, you know, confidant on the bench when Bill was getting on my nerves. And she's the one that had to calm me down and, like, talk some sense into me when he's driving me crazy. And so it, just, it was just a perfect fit personality-wise with our crew, you know, Lane Powell, Deanna Nolan, Cheeky. Like, it was just the way we were as competitors, the way we were, our personalities, it, like, all fit. And we were – it was the – we competed in practice. We competed in games and just – not only were we physical, we were good basketball players, but we were smart, and we could change. From I remember, Bill would put in new offenses against Sacramento because they guarded things this way, and then such and such because they guard something. He put a little wrinkle in to go against these guys, and we would execute it, and we would know it, and we would just handle it. And I just basketball wise was some of my best memories. You know, Planet coming off the bench, just like because we could just we could hang with anybody, and you knew you could win at any
0: time. So. Planet was part of the series of players that Bill has had through the years where he'll, he'll give the players starter minutes coming off the bench, so effectively ends up with six starters. Does that keep people more motivated, even just, you know, knowing that that, that kind of role is up for grabs?
1: I think so. I think it's it's the way maybe you communicate it to them. And that's hmm. where I think Bill and uh, Cheryl have a lot of similarities, the communication piece of the way they uh engaged and, and explained and, you know, kind of, so then you really, the buy-in is is there. Like, you know what is expected. Um, but I think it's like, you know, if you handle your business and you do your job, like you're gonna get minutes. And, and this is what I expect. This is what I like. This was keeps you on the floor. Uh, don't worry about this, but then you gotta have somebody with the right mindset if you're worried about the wrong things. But I think that's where him and Reeve are good at is creating their team with pieces that they and, and people that they know will fit into that, that role. And I think that just, it, you know, makes everything better when you have a personality then to go with the skill that didn't combine into the role. And it's all about winning. At the end of the day, it was about selfless team basketball and doing your job and, but doing it your way, like using your gifts. And that's mm-hmm. what I think we all embrace because we're all, like let's do you and like you know we're all gonna do our 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 thing and we'll do it together.
0: I I do have to point out just as we go back to the history in two thousand and five, you were an all star with the Lynx. You were traded at the time you were traded. The Shock were out of the playoffs. The Lynch were in the playoffs. Had the season ended that day, the Lynch ended up out of the playoffs. The Shock ended up in the playoffs. Another thing that doesn't seem like a series of coincidences to me, and I guess I wonder for you, even beyond just like the ability on the court, when did you know that this was the right fit for you? Like you said, you know, from the outside, Cheryl's talked about this, that she thought she'd never worked for Bill until she went in, had an interview. (laughs) okay, well, now now that's where I want to be. Like, when did you know that year that like, oh, this this is going to work?
1: Yeah. I don't think I knew the year I got traded. Like I, I, I didn't, it was literally, you know, when you get traded halfway through and it's just like, what your head's spinning, you know, my dog's still back in Minnesota, you know, cause I mean, you're literally like the, you're fine. I flew from Sac to Detroit and then I can go get him later. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you're just making it the last part of the season. Um, again, you just do your job. You just try to do, you catch on to the plays, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was really once we finished and then going into that offseason, having the conversations, and this is kind of the vision, this is what we see for you, and then just coming in ready to roll. Like, I'll do whatever it is to win. And then when you notice and you have a team that you know, every time you step on the floor, you can win. Mm-hmm. And so then you know, like, we can compete for a championship. You're like You're just not going to let it go. Because you've been – that's all you want at that point. You just want to win, and you want to have a chance to win a championship. And that's – we were all about it, so.
0: And when you did – you know, I, obviously Tweety was the MVP in 06. You scored mm-hmm. 17, six assists in that championship game. Just what was that moment like? I I, I mean, it, it wasn't your first championship. I know that it was, you know, we can go back to the ABL days and, um, you know, and, and, and you, again, in a series of coincidences, kept celebrating titles. But, like, what did that one mean to you? It was, it meant a lot because I
1: think, you know the ABL, we won two. I didn't win one in college. You know, I came like, close, but mm-hmm. then it was, it was my freshman year. The next three years were were challenging. We were five hundred. You know what I mean? Didn't have success like you think. Mm-hmm. You go in, ABL, awesome team. You know what I mean? We could you know play. So we win two there. And then you go into the WNBA, and you're 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 good enough. We were in the Western Conference, which was tough back then. We had to battle for our lives every night even though and maybe if we were in the east we would have been you know one or two but we just in the west it was we were who we were so then you it's like six what six and a half years in or whatever when you get to that point and you have a team you know has the ability to win you're just like you're not going to take it for granted like there's not a there's not a night there's not anything that you're going to take because you're like i don't you don't get that many chances yeah you, you don't you know the teams that are capable of, of winning and it, I think that's my mindset like it was like I didn't care like we're coming to you know what I mean I will give everything I have and that's kind of how we all did but I was like whatever I need to do let's get this thing done so it was just knowing you know sometimes people like oh yeah they keep winning they keep winning that thing it's hard to win and if you have the ability to and you have teams that are special enough then you just don't want to take it for granted so I think that's kind of my mindset was always and just kind of a relief I guess You know, winning championships kind of solidifies or shows you maybe you're, you know, deserved it or that you're good enough or something. But it was just really super proud. And just, I think it just didn't take it for granted because when you're younger, you think it's just going to keep happening. So as you get older, they just mean a little bit more uh, because you know
0: just how hard it is. No doubt, no doubt about it. And we could do a whole other show on why there never should have been an end to the Detroit shock, but we are. Uh, We'll save that for another conversation. The great Katie Smith, always delighted when you are with us. Uh, I appreciate your time. To the listeners at home, thank you always. This week's going to be a big one. We're going to have a show each day, each of the next three days, about an MVP candidate. So we're going to have a full-on show, one about Brianna Stewart, one about Asia Wilson, one about Alyssa thomas and we're gonna lay it all out and uh we'll let everybody decide and i can just tell you as a voter oh i'm having a hell of a time figuring it out myself so until then (laughs) i am howard megdahl host of locked on women's basketball wishing all of you a wonderful monday you are locked on women's basketball your daily podcast on women's basketball